Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, April 27th. The news keeps rolling from the professional tennis world. A lot of moving parts right now as we as a tennis community try to respond to the coronavirus pandemic. We've talked over the past few weeks about what player relief packages are going to look like from the various tours. We talked last week with Mark Lucero about the news that there's a potential merger underway between the ATP and WTA tours. And even though it was the weekend, the news doesn't stop rocking and rolling. So we have updates from all of those storylines. We've also got some virtual tennis to discuss this weekend. We haven't talked about any live tennis results in so long that even though it's virtual, the idea of breaking it down is appealing here at Crack Rackets. And joining me to do just that is a man who hasn't joined us on these mini break podcasts in far too long. You know him as my doubles partner, partner in crime, but most importantly, I am just happy to see his smiling face on this Monday morning. Maxwell LeBauer Rothman. Maxie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, man. I'm I'm good. I'm glad that uh, only you can see my face because I am looking ripe as a brand new tomato right now. It's been <laughs> 95 here in in Los Angeles, and I've been taking full advantage of the uh, the outdoor sun uh, exposure. So, uh, but I'm good. I'm, I've got my morning coffee here. Just finished my Lucky Charms, and uh, I'm ready to talk some tennis. I know it's been a while, and and I actually think we expected the, my first pod to be the classics pod that's coming out I think on Wednesday if I'm not mistaken um so definitely make sure to check that out because that was a, a fun conversation and we went for like what two hours uh, I think yeah oh at least an hour 50 <clears throat> and excuse my uh any uh throat clearings I am not sick no coronavirus for me please and uh it's just allergies so uh keep that in mind but yeah we, we went for quite a long time on that pod it was fun yeah, it, it's Max Rothman week, really, here at Crack Racket. Sometimes you focus on a player, we want to focus on you. And A, I'm glad you compared yourself to a ripe tomato because that hair does look particularly reddish tonight. It is just that hue goes through Skype so beautifully. Secondly, it's perfectly fitting that you are eating Lucky Charms this morning because, as you know, you are my Lucky Charm. So it is oh, great. stop it. <laughs> I can't say that to Jamie because he'd be like, stop the pod. Like, you cannot call me your lucky charm. Uh, but now that he I have be, you back. He would be supremely upset. For he sure. would be irate for sure. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. But it is great to have you back. And it is always great to have back as the sponsor of these mini break podcasts, our friends at Diadem Sports. And look, you know the deal. Diadem Sport is helping tennis players across the globe elevate their games by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet. It's not just their rackets. They've got five different sets of strings, premier tennis balls, fantastic swag. As Rothman can see on Skype, I am 
I'm rocking a diadem hoodie right now. And they've got it all, regardless of your playing style, regardless of what you want to do on the court. They've got the equipment to help you accentuate the finest features of your game, make you feel that much comfortable, help you raise your level by that extra percent. And that's why we here at Crack Rackets are so excited to partner with Diadem Sports. Well, look, this weekend I actually I ran out of string uh, and I went straight to Midwest Sports because that's another one of our sponsors. Uh, went and used our CR15 code to get some new string, but then uh, I sent Dalton a text and he goes, dude, you know you can get 50% off with our code at Diadem, and now I've ordered some Diadem strings. So uh, I'm going to try a little RPM Diadem mix, see see what happens there, but uh, using all my, my CR codes, which is always a, a good a good way to start the week. Oh, I have to say, you strike me as an elite XT type of guy for Diadem. I, myself, being who I am, am the king of the impulse, right? So those are the strings I go with. But yes, as Max mentioned, you can get 50% off your order of strings by using that promo code CR50, going to their website, diademsports.com. They continue to be so supportive of us. The least we can ask is that you go support them as well. So one last time, diademsports.com. Rothman, what's that promo code? That's CR50. Go get that 50% off, baby. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, let's get into the news because, again, there are so many storylines for us to monitor. No, there are no live results, but I do feel grateful that we have a daily podcast because otherwise we would just get so far behind. And the big news from this weekend did relate, again, to not only the merger-type news coming from the ATP WTA circuit, not only you know player relief-related, but we've had a lot of time over these past you know three weeks since tennis has gone away. I guess it's been more than three weeks now. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, But one of the big things that's been discussed is the pay equity and just the financial structures of tennis. And, you know, so much has been highlighted because so many lower ranked players right now aren't having opportunities to make income because they are probably the players who are taking these financial hits of the coronavirus pandemic, of there being no events the hardest. And we've heard so many people become, you know, we've seen, I should say, so many people become outspoken about these issues. One of the biggest names out there, Noah Rubin, who, of course, has been fighting this issue now for multiple years. There are so many others you can point to as well. Players like John Millman, players, obviously, you know, Venus Williams has been fighting for this her entire career, but you can go on and on and on uh, through the examples of men and women who have spoken to these issues because, again, so many of these players are feeling the financial hit. I think it was uh, I don't remember. It wasn't Jordan Thompson, but it was an Australian tennis player who recently, I think it was Mark Pullmans who came out and said, look, I have to apply for unemployment relief from the Australian government because right now I'm making nothing. And unless you're a top 200, you know, top 100 for sure, but unless you're top 150, you really don't have a shot of breaking even financially in the, on the tennis tour. And of course, you know, with the discussions of a merger, with the discussions of what the play, player fu- relief package uh, is going to look like uh, there have been a lot for a lot more discussions about how can we ensure in the future that tennis if a pandemic or something of this nature affects it again that we won't have the same sort of uh, backlash or the same sort of I suppose results where so many players take uh, these sorts of financial hits and this weekend Dominic team was asked about this in an interview he did I believe the interview was done uh, with a German sports outlet I believe it's Krone Sport and you know he made some news 
with his comments. And again, I, I want to read a couple of versions because the interview was not in English, and there are a couple of different translations, but the, the crux of the quote that he gave, the one making the rounds, and I got this from Lucas Zarer, uh, at Zarer, Z-A-H-R-E-R, Lucas, spelled with a K, so shout out to him. And Dominic Team on the relief fund for lower-ranked players said, none of the lower-ranked players have to fight for their lives. I've seen players on the ITF tour who don't commit to the sport 100%. Many of them are quite unprofessional. I don't see why I should give them money. He goes on to say, I'd rather donate to people and institutions who really need it. There's no profession in the world where you are guaranteed success and high income at the start of your career. None of the top players took anything for granted. We all had to fight our way up the rankings. And look, that's... It's quite clear why that sort of comment makes news because you read off the top and it makes him sound like he does not want to support the top, you know, players outside of the top 100. He doesn't want to give some of his money. And you want to know why there's never been a player union is because this sentiment exists. His argument is he's worked his ass off to get to the top five. Why should he be giving up, you know, the benefits of all of his hard work? You know, Rothman, what are your thoughts on this Dominic team quote? What have been your thoughts on the player relief financial support package that we've heard about thus far? Well, yeah, look, so, you know, the package rate is looking to be about $6 million with a million coming from the four Grand Slams. Uh, I think a million or so coming from the ATP, WTA, and ITF. Um, and then there's this, you know, proposed scaled donation or whatever you want to, you know, contribution, whatever you want to call it based on your ranking. So you're looking at, you know, the top five guys, I think, are, are giving somewhere between $30,000. Uh, and then you go from like 10 to 50 are giving maybe somewhere in between that. And then I think, you know, 50 to 150 are giving like 5000 and And when you add it all up, it's supposed to come to around $6 million. So, you know, I, I, I understand... So there's two sides of this, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I understand part of team sentiment, right? You know, the, I'm sure there are some guys who maybe don't take it as seriously, um, but I can't imagine there's that many of those players. He must have been rubbed the wrong way by some someone he, you know, came across because there's a lot of guys in that 200 to 750 range. I mean, we're talking 550 players, and... I can't imagine there's more than 50 who are just, you know, strutting around the world just playing tournaments because they feel like it. Like, I mean, I have a really hard time believing that. Um, so, you know, I think that there's there's something to, to be said about, you know, his sentiment that, that is a little off. Um, at the same time, too, you know, this is his sport. These are his, you know, companions that are uh, at these lower rankings. And, yes, of course they had – he and the top three guys had to fight their way up the, the you know the rankings to get to where they are. But those guys in the the lower rankings are trying to do the same for the most part. So uh, you'd think he'd want to help out his his fellow you know compatriots in the sport. And quite frankly, I think it's uh, it's a little it's a little off putting that he doesn't want to. Uh, and and again too, you know, I think he'd be contributing anywhere from like thirty thousand to twenty thousand dollars. That's nothing for this guy. Like at like I, I know that's kind of crazy to say, and and I I don't know his full financial background, but I mean the guy is doing quite fine. You know he he could enter one tournament and make that. So um, you know for a lot of those guys at the lower rankings, they that's not even feasible. Um, so I think there's there's something to said to say about that. Um, 
And then, so just to, to add to your point there, because it's about the timing, right? And again, you, you sort of laid out the financial relief package, and I know the ATP, the WTA, they're looking to get somewhere between 4 and $8 million out to about 800 total players. And, you know, yes, that's something. That's a start. And to your point about what percentage of, because I think it's the top five players are asked to give no less than $30,000. And you're right, to so many of them, that's a drop in the bucket. That's nothing. And I know that's insensitive. You know, it's not insensitive, but of course, in a time like this, we're all financially hurting. No one, uh, you know, you, you want to plan long-term because you don't know what the long-term effects are for this. But to your point about, you know, Dominic Team having gone through the rankings, having worked his way up. And, you know, again, I, I do want to give the full quote because the question was, uh, you know, it was – he asked the interviewer asked about the John Millman comment who criticized the big three and said you know why does it take something like this to realize that the money in our sport is spread unfairly and you know so he asked him first did you notice any of that and do you think there's a problem regarding the distribution of money or is it just the way because it has always been that way and you had to fight your way to the top as well and so you have to understand where Dominique team is coming from right this is a guy and he says in his answer you know I was on the futures tour for two years uh, I understand what it takes to grind to the, grind to the top, and you know I understand that. Yes, for a lot of players, this is just the way you work your way <clears throat> to the top of the rankings. And if you continue to do your job, if you continue to progress at the rate that you're expecting, you're going to work yourself into making money. You're going to work your way towards the top of the game. And what he's saying is he doesn't want to sacrifice. You know that's part of the quote, right? Is the generous reading is he's saying why should you sacrifice all of the hard work? Why should it become easy? Easier for tennis players now than it was for us back in the day. And I think there's something to that point, but that's not what the player relief is about. You know, that I think that deals strictly with the you know, uh, the spreading of prize money, the the redistribution, I suppose you can say, of prize money moving forward. I am curious for Dominic Team because, you know, again, I think you have to give him some credit. He did talk about, you know, I want to get, I, of course he wants to support organizations and give to uh, all these different groups that are helping people around the world get through this coronavirus pandemic. I think, I, I do think part of his answer was more related to prize money than the player relief fund. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a, a good point, and I was going to get there before you uh, <clears throat> rudely cut me off. But but look, you know, there's uh, it's easy for Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic to have proposed this, right? I know it kind of stemmed from them, and and they've all been on the tour, and they have you know oogles of money. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you got a lot of responses from teams saying this from guys like Dustin Brown. I, I saw a tweet uh, from him in response to you know, team saying this. And you know, he said, starting in 2004, I lived in a camper surviving week to week with the money I made, you know, losing first round in a 10 K was, you know, something around a hundred thousand dollars, blah, blah, blah. And he was stringing rackets. Um, and then, you know, the next response after that was from Ilya Marchenko saying, I hear you, but this should be about fixing the system and not this charity. So it, it then it always comes back to this conversation of there's a very uneven distribution of wealth in the professional tennis world. Uh, and it's pretty clear that there is, that, that there's that many players who are struggling to financially make it. Um, so, yeah, I feel like this is a conversation we come back to a lot in various different ways. I, I didn't necessarily think we were going to, you know, get to that you know, in, in recent news talks given everything else that's happening, but of course it comes back to it. So um, I don't know how many more times we have to bring it up before – you know, something is changed in the system, but uh, it something clearly has to be done because this, you know, is unacceptable. 
Are you done? I don't want to interrupt you again. <laughs> Is this the early morning salt? No, I'm starting to realize why we stopped doing this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah. So to your point, you, you brought up what Ilya Marchenko said, and you know he, he raises an excellent point is because there is validity to who are the pl- who are the fans going to see? They're going to see Federer. They're going to see Djokovic. They're going to see Serena. They're going to see Nadal. They're going to see you know Simona Halep. The biggest stars of the game are what draw the appeals. It's why the Slams make the most money. It's why the Masters events makes the second most money, right? So there's validity to if they're the people carrying the game, shouldn't they be compensated as such? And yes, you know. Uh, as people who, I don't want to say we're free market capitalists because I think we both agree there should be some limitations to that, but I think we both agree that the, it, you know if you are the best player in the game, you deserve to be compensated as such. But this isn't about that. This is about taking that U.S. Open money that you know goes from $3 million to $4 million to $5 million to the winner and just keeping it at $3 million. And now you've got $2 million more for other players in prize money. We've talked about things like universal basic income on this podcast before, so we don't have to re- hash that but you brought up Ilya Marchenko he phrased it perfectly he said look yes with lower ranked players you have no sponsors and spectators but without them tennis would not exist and that's what this is about it's about the health of the sport in the long term it's about making it feasible for the guy who's 25 years old still stuck in the you know that 300 to 500 ranked range and he's not going to give it up he's going to continue to pursue playing matches on the challenger level continue uh, to help the next generation generation of players rise to the top maybe himself find you know how many times have we seen players uh in when they're 26 27 28 go on these three four year runs in the top 100 and make some money for themselves and it's about making it just a little bit easier and a little bit and not easier is the wrong word about making it just a little bit more equitable making it feasible for these players to spend time in the future circuit spend time in the challenger circuit without paying money essentially to play pro tennis and you know John Millman again in his tweet he said you know uh, a response to Marchenko said find solutions to distribute wealth so more players eat a piece of the pie wider distribution of prize money, sell title sponsor for Challenger and Futures Tour, uh, give players maybe even a piece of the money for any match of theirs that is made available to bet on moving forward. I think one of the things about this time period is, again, because people are sitting around, you have opportunities to think about the long-term issues facing tennis that may be in the rush, in the grind of the day-to-day pro tour that we didn't before. And it's very clear that a lot of players are currently sitting down they're feeling the effects of this and they realize there are inequities in our sport now financially if you expect you know tennis is just not in the place where the 500 player in the world is going to make a hundred thousand dollars it's probably not ever going to be in a place where the 500th player in the world can make like a comfortable seventy five thousand dollars but it needs to get better than it is now because so many of these players are losing money and that's just not a feasible way for tennis moving forward a feasible way for tennis to exist moving forward yeah, I agree with you. You made a lot of good points. And before we, you know, beat this to a beat this to a drum, <laughs> uh, just I, I had kind of a, a hypothetical thought when you mentioned, you know, taking a little bit of that prize money at Grand Slams uh, away from the winner. I mean, why not redistribute that to some of the qualifiers who don't make it? Right. I mean, all these guys are flying to these Grand Slams, not qualifying. And granted, you know, it, this is not the best way to distribute to the lower rankings because even to get to the qualifiers of a Grand Slam is difficult, but you know, you're flying around the world to these tournaments, and if you lose in the first round of qualities, you're making no money at that tournament, really. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I think there are a lot of ways in which we can 
find solutions and uh, they just need to start happening. And this is probably the best time to do it, right? There's no tournaments, lots of time for discussion, lots of time for reorganization and restructure. Uh, and that's probably a good place to, to transition given, you know, we want to talk about this conversation around bringing the ATP and the WTA together, because that is something that also has been going around the tennis sphere on Twitter and in general. Um, I, I know you've wanted to give your thoughts. You've kind of had a, a, an opportunity to do so, but but wanted to, to really talk about it. Alex, what do, you, what do you think? You know, this has been a conversation that's really been, you know, circling uh, in the last you know couple of days and couple of weeks. Well, I you know, I would say, hey, I've given my thoughts on the Great Shot podcast, so I'm going to flip it on you uh, <laughs> again. I would ask, what are your thoughts? Because I think w- the thing that's clear, and again, to get back to the prize money, there there have been so many people discussing uh, that it, it, it's all. Uh, combined right it's all uh, interconnected because so many of these discussions as you mentioned are happening now because there's time to have them and it, it's just a, it's i mean okay again I, I i've given my thoughts on the topic i think people are sick of hearing me but we saw more pieces this week you know from christopher clary of the new york times who talked about it with billy jean king with simona Halep, with atp president on uh, andrea gaudenzi uh, we saw another piece from reem abulil uh, in the national who talked with Darren Cahill about the positives of this. And look, the positives and negatives are clear. I think you you talk about the number. I I read this in the Clary piece. I think it's something like there was projections of tennis or sports media right now is estimated. Or in 2018, the estimated value of global sports media rights for 2018 was $49 And at the time, you know, right now, professional tennis accounts for about 1.5% of that figure. And there's this idea that if you can collectively bargain for the tennis media rights as a whole, uh, you get just a bigger piece of the pie for everyone. If all of these tournaments are bundled together, if all of, you know the TV rights are bundled together, and of course there are concerns of how do you ensure that these media companies show uh, men's and women's tennis equally? How do you ensure that the prize money is distributed equally amongst the tours? You talked about giving that $2 million, uh, to players in quality qualifying at the U.S. Open, why not just take that extra $2 million and give it to six different challenger and six different 100K events at the WTA level? And again, these are things that have been discussed before. But the idea would be, uh, I mean, again, uh, I've said this before, so I apologize. I said, I want your answer, and then I gave my answer. Welcome back. I missed you. Um, but the idea that uh, to collective bargain and the idea that there are just so many individual contractors and individual entities and interests in tennis right now from tournaments to sponsors to players it's all separate entities and if you bring you start to formalize under one uh, unified tour you have one unified head who's bargaining on behalf of everyone it incentivizes the players to unionize as one coherent body because it's one tennis organization uh, that would then be you know negotiating with one the entire group of players in theory it sounds great um but again it it, it, there are a lot of different moving pieces as well right yeah well well look you you said offline that you wanted your chance to get a little a little more in there so as a polite co-host i wanted to provide (laughs) you that opportunity um yeah I, i think i think what you said is right i think in theory, Can I just say sorry? I missed you. It's good to have you back. Go <laughs> on. Miss you too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like you said, in theory, it's a it's a nice notion, right? Bringing everything together, having one unified group. Um, but, you know, as I was thinking about it, there really isn't 
unless I'm wrong, there really isn't another sport that has a unified entity like we're discussing, right? I mean, w, the NBA and w, WNBA. I don't remember if I read it. It wasn't cricket. There was some sport that just recently did. Maybe it was badminton. <clears throat> it was literally they, they had just done it. Right. So, and and I think that speaks to, you know, mm-hmm. part of the the reason that we're, you know, still in this situation today. Um, I really do think that the the biggest reason to do it is, like you said, is the, the financial reasons. Um, you know, I, I think it's funny. Like, I, I've heard some people um, comment, you know, are, so are they going to start having men versus women matches? And I was like, oh, no, like are we really going down that path? And I was like, that, that seems weird. But I I think at the end of the day, like there's still, you know, something to to be said about bringing everyone together and having a a unified group. I think that would be special. And, and kind of, as I was just saying, there's not many other uh, sports organizations that have that. And to maybe be the pioneer would be, uh, would be really special. So I I think the fact that there's, the only problem is there's so much speculation right now, right? Like there's really no, there, there ha- I haven't seen a single concrete plan or detail or, or w- what we're, you know, potentially looking at. Um, so I think for right now, all we can really say is cool. In theory, sounds like a great idea. I, I think if we can find a way to, to make the sport more equitable for all its players uh, by bringing it all together and uh, then, then great, let's do it. But we, yeah. we definitely need to see some more details before we can really flesh it out. I've, and again, I don't want to step on Christopher's piece because go support journalism in a time like this. It matters more now than ever. Uh, but from Simona Halep quoted in the piece, tennis has suffered from there being so many separate organizations in the past. And I believe that we would be stronger together. This global crisis gives us time to think and plan, probably an opportunity that won't come along again. So I'm interested to hear more about these conversations. I think that's the sentiment of all of us right now. Uh, so of course, Simona says it better than we ever could. And again, go check out Christopher Clary's piece in the New York Times. Could a merger of men and t- men's and women's tennis come out of this hiatus? Also be sure to go check out Reem Ab- Lale's piece in the national.ae. Simona Halep's coach believes merging tours will make tennis a healthier sport. Of course, it, it will make tennis a healthier sport uh, if we support all of the great journalism going on throughout it. There is also some really good points made by Mats Vlander, who says the time for rebranding of tennis is now. He gives his thoughts in a another New York Times piece uh, that I think all of you will enjoy. So be sure to go find that. That's Vlander says time for rebranding of tennis. I believe the original piece was in Reuters, uh, but it's, you know, he gives his thoughts on the financial restructuring, all of these different things. So there's just, again, all of tennis's best minds and some of its worst minds as well have come out of the uh, this and they've shared their opinions and we don't have to get into some of the horrible takes that have been given. Um, but, you know, everyone's thinking about about these issues and what does that say do we have time on our hands absolutely but it's good that we're thinking about these long-term issues facing tennis right now all right i know we have to be conscious with your time because again you have a real job to do as well but a couple of other news bits i want to get to before we get to our fun portion of this podcast indian wells considering hosting being the host site for the u.s open it is a possibility according to marsa.com uh this through jose morgado just quickly your thoughts on that well, look, I mean, <laughs> the golf courses are open in that area of Los Angeles. Well, it's not Los Angeles. It is kind of the Palm Springs, Coachella Valley area. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a compared to New York City, 
uh, absolutely. I mean, it's drastically better, right? Um, out there, if you haven't been to, to that area of California before, much more open, a lot less dense. Um, you know, even those grounds compared to Flushing Meadows um, are a little more spread out. Granted, when you get a lot of people there, it'll get crowded. Um, I think it's a great idea. I, I think of all the possible sites um, that I think about around the country. It, it truly... I think it also kind of plays very much like Flushing Meadows in the landscape. Um, I feel like at both, you get a, a big opportunity to see a lot of matches um, just based on the court layout. So I, I think that it, it's a it's a really cool option. Um, and obviously, selfishly, <laughs> it would be awesome because I could drive an hour and a half and go see it. Counterpoint, 40 degrees Celsius in August. That's like, a high, you know, it's going to be 90s to 100s in Indian Wells. It oh, did, be, you, yeah. did you move to Europe and I didn't know so, about it? What? <laughs> so here's why. It's because I'm, I see the article in front of me and it makes that point. And I'm like, that's a very good point. And I, be, I can, yeah, it'll be hot. But it's hot. It's hot during the now, summer in New, New York? York. What are you talking? Late August, early September. That's fall. No, it's still. It can still get hot. I would. I remember being there. I know. Uh, I agree. It can still get hot, but it's not California hot. Yeah. So you get dry heat versus humidity. That's true. Yeah, I'll take dry was, heat any day. But I'm also a, a West Coast guy. So I was just saying, no, that's a good counterpoint. You're also red as a tomato right now. So exactly. Hey, great well, we've seen the effect of dry heat. All right, moving through, we also got an announcement from Marsa. Uh, it sounds like the HP and WTA are preparing a fourth tour suspension through August 3rd. It would cancel Hamburg, Newport, Bastad, Los Cabos, Gustad, Umag, Atlanta, Kitzbühel uh, for the ATP, Bucharest, Lausanne, Pal- uh, Palermo, Hermala, and Karlsruhe uh, for the WTA. Does this surprise you at all no it doesn't and to be honest i also wouldn't be surprised if they ended up just canceling the 2020 season at that point what we're we're through august you've got september october november and i mean how much is in those months as it is um yeah i don't know i I mean i think just given how many tournaments were played in the beginning of the season um, I don't think you're going to be able to make up enough in those months to make it worth it. It's almost, I almost just feel like they should try and get like a fresh restart uh, at the beginning of 2021. And uh, that way you're not having to try and mess with too many points. Um, so I don't know. I, I w- I'm not surprised by the pushback uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes further. Completely agree with you there, as did Riley Opelka, who commented as such on Twitter. You know, I, I think that's something we all feel. Don't play until it's safe and healthy. The international nature of the sport. We're not. We don't have to relitigate all of this again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yes, it, until we know it's safe to play tennis and safe to travel, and all of these restrictions are lifted, it's going to be really hard to get the tour back going again. And in fact, we saw even at the challenger level, the Vancouver Open uh, canceled, uh, postponed until 2021. So. I completely agree with you. It's just going to be really hard to get the tours going again. Um, Now, if we see a late-season blitz like November, December, it's just a ton of indoor tennis as someone from Michigan. I'm all in on that. Uh, But, yeah, I completely agree with you. Sure, let's get some—I'd even be happy to get some exhibition matches at the end of the Mm -hmm. season, right? Like, I I don't know. I'm not saying cancel tennis because everyone wants their tennis. But, um, you know, if it's not safe and, and we're not ready, let's not do it. 
No, I completely <clears throat> agree with you there. A cool story. Uh, again, now we're in the home stretch. So you know we're going to have fun uh, as we get into our event. Uh, our Roland Garros champion in doubles, Kevin Kraywitz, working in a supermarket while tennis is stopped. He found it the best way to be to spend his time. That's pretty cool. Very cool. I mean, look, all these uh, you know essential businesses that are open need help. Um, and then, you know... Uh, kudos to him for doing it in a supermarket. There's been a lot that have been closing because people have been getting sick at that are working at these supermarkets. So I, I hope he's staying safe and being, you know, taking all the precautions because a lot of people come through there a day and, um, you know, just want to make sure that that's not something that, uh, you know, you get from, from working there. But kudos to him for doing that. No, absolutely. Kudos to him indeed. Uh, Some other news this weekend on the NCAA front. There was discussion at the end of last week. There was a proposal in front of the D1 Council uh, to allow each D1 school to sponsor 12 teams instead of 16 teams to save money moving forward. That would have been a landscape-altering move in college sports if adopted. Uh, And we found out this week that the Division I NCAA rejected those requests they said nope if you want to be division one you have to still maintain 16 different sports and for tennis specifically i we don't have to get into the bigger implications but for tennis max this is everything oh absolutely i mean look i know we're a big sport um we're not the biggest and you know definitely could could be left out there so uh huge for huge for all of tennis and tennis fans around the world and the big thing tennis one of loses of less money compared to other non-revenue sports, which, you know, losing any money isn't great at this point, but less money it is in terms of the priorities. Now, the, the flip side of that is it's an international, uh, you know, the, by, by density, the most international participants of any uh, NCAA sport. Now, to hear more about the ITA college tennis and how they plan to deal with the fallout of the coronavirus, go check out the conversation I did last Wednesday with ITA CEO Tim Russell because we get into that subject in depth more. I will also just quickly point out UW Green Bay announced the suspension of its men's and women's tennis programs indefinitely. That's obviously crushing. Uh, And if you want to hear more about the perspectives of some of these athletes who have talked about what it's like to have their programs canceled, we talked last week how St. Edwards University canceled their men's tennis team. Uh, We actually got to talk to junior uh, Luis Diaz-Argente, who wrote a piece for us in Crack Rackage, sharing his perspective on that decision and how it will affect him moving forward. Uh, So be sure to go check that out. In terms of another cool thing, uh, you know, on the Cracked Rackets front, and this gets us into our biggest uh, our subject, I should say our biggest subject. I think we're 30 minutes in, so biggest subjects out the window. But into our fun topic of the day, another thing going on at Cracked Rackets is we announced our partnership, something we have had in the works, and obviously we expected to announce with tennis uh, going on simultaneously. Unfortunately, we are not able to do that. But we are so excited to announce that DraftKings is now the title sponsor of what our Cracked Interviews podcast. It may be a sponsor of uh, this week's Drop Shot email article as well and other things moving forward forward and this is a partnership we are so excited about and in order and we actually have some really fun planned uh for our DraftKings sponsorship in the sub segments we are going to be doing to entertain all of you moving forward we will get to our first DraftKings related segment right after this commercial break 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Mini Break Podcast. Maxwell LeBauer-Rothman joining me on a beautiful Monday morning to break down all of the weekend's news from the professional tennis world. And there was actually a little bit of Cracked Rackets news made in there this weekend. We are so excited to announce our newest partnership with one of the premier sports betting providers from across the United States of America, our partnership with DraftKings. And look, we have talked about things like gambling before in the past on our Crack Rackets podcast. We have talked about the fun that can come with throwing in various bets, feeling incentivized as if you're part of the matches we are watching on television. But Max, why do you think, you know, why are we, can you help elaborate on why we're so excited here at Crack Rackets for this sort of partnership? Well, look, you and I uh, specifically have been doing fake odds um, and have been, you know, throwing and some out, real ones and, too, and yeah, and throwing out our, uh, you know, our our picks um, on different matches for you know, the better part of the last year, and uh, you know, it's something that you know we don't do a ton. We're not degenerates, but uh, we do enjoy it. It kind of it adds a little bit to the game. There's you know so much sports betting. Um, especially uh, in the tennis world. And uh, so, you know, we, we think DraftKings 2 also adds kind of a nice spin to it, right? You know, it, it's a little bit different than just, you know, your normal betting, which you can do with DraftKings, but a lot of times they offer you the ability to pick players and teams uh, to follow. And uh, it's it's a really cool way to, uh, you know, put some money into the sport and, and throw, throw some money around and, and hope to win big. I know our our friend Kale Hammond has had some success uh, specifically with DraftKings and tennis over the years. So, um, you know, he'll he'll definitely talk about that the next time we get him on a pod. But it's just a, it's a really fun partnership for us. You know, we obviously enjoy that aspect of the sport and um, definitely be in the lookout for a, a potential new segment from Greskin and I. Uh, you know, we, we used to talk about this stuff kind of in a hypothetical sense. Uh, and I think now we might have the chance to talk about it in a you know, real sense, a very real sense. So, um, you know, definitely be on the lookout for that. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, there will be some competition coming up, although, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, maybe not till January 2021. But, of course, this is a partnership we are so thrilled to have because, as we We repeatedly mentioned on our Cracked Rackets podcast, tennis is maybe the only sport that sees action 24-7, 365 days a year, from the future circuit to the Grand Slams. Tournaments are constantly taking place across the globe, and fans of the games are routinely treated to spectacular play. We do our best at Crack Rackets to break down all of the results, analyze the game's emerging trends, and offer accurate predictions of what we think will happen next. That being said, as fun as it is to watch the sport and break down each match, we're all still tennis players at heart. And as such, we all want a piece of an act of the action. That's why we at Cracked Rackets are thrilled to announce our new partnership with DraftKings. We know listeners of this podcast are the most informed tennis fans in the business. But what's the point of all of that knowledge if you can't take advantage of it? That's why we think it's time to bet on tennis. And thanks to our partnership with DraftKings, all new users will get a racket-cracking sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Uh, that, that sounds pretty good to me, Maxie. Uh, I mean... 
it's it's not quite the stimulus package, but it is damn close. So uh, <laughs> well, I mean, there was a bet we placed that almost had me going to Cal- had it not been for the coronavirus pandemic, a DraftKings bet that went successfully would have had me at Indian Wells. Well, look, that $1,000 isn't quite the stimulus package, but it's pretty damn close, and it's a lot of money, so it's a, it's a really cool opportunity. Look, like you you know have mentioned, that, that $1,000, uh, we almost had an $1,000 bet get you to LA for Indian Wells, and oh man, we, we've got that money saved and ready, and you know, thank God there's no more betting in the meantime, because otherwise we probably would have, you know, we might have lost it, and you might not have had it to get here in the future, but uh, Alex, how, how can our fans get involved so that they can get that $1,000 and maybe book themselves a trip to Indian Wells or one of the Grand Slams? I'm very happy you asked, because here's how it works. You create your DraftKings Sportsbook account and make a deposit. DraftKings will match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. You make your first bet, and DraftKings will also match that with a risk-free first bet up to $500. Just go to dkng.co slash crackingrackets to play. That's dkng.co slash crackingrackets. And again, you want to act quickly before this offer ends. Do you have a gambling problem? If so, call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. You must be 21 or older to play and only in New Jersey, Indiana, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Iowa. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Minimum $5 deposit. Deposit bonuses in DK dollars, which have no cash value and must be used on DraftKings. Bonus requires 25 times play uh, through Thursday. Uh, offer not valid for users physically located in New Hampshire. Eligibility restrictions to apply. And again, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. But we thought, it, you know, since there isn't much, you know, there isn't much time to gamble on right now. There isn't much for us to be discussing in terms of real results. But we thought we were going to have a little fun. And that gets us to our next topic of the day. Now, as many of you know, an event we have been hyping on these mini breaks since it was announced, there's a virtual Madrid Open going on right now. They are playing the tournament in video game form. They have so many great participants from across the men's and women's games. 16 participants on the men's side. 16 participants on the women's side. And we thought we'd have a little bit of fun. So we wanted to go back to our fake odds route, offer you guys some fake odds, give our choice of who we expect to emerge out of each group to emerge as the champion of the first virtual Madrid Open. Westoff, Give me some sort of virtual sports uh, gambling sound effect, por favor. All right, Rothman, before we even get into the gambling, do you want to explain a little bit what this event is? Well, yeah, look, so the event is basically a round rod. It's a format that a lot of you might be familiar with in tennis. Uh, we've got four groups for, you know, each the men and the women. Uh, it's a round robin style, so two players will advance from each group, uh, and then it'll funnel into a bracket for, you know, those eight players. Um and, you know, it's funny, Alex, we were saying yesterday as we were thinking about the DraftKings announcement, um, you know, oh, what if we get them to do odds on this tournament? And, uh, you know, match play started this morning. Um, and after seeing a little bit of it, I have no idea how you would create realistic odds for this because, wow, uh, that was a little tough to watch. I think if I played, I'd win this thing. Just saying that uh, out out front. Um, I was a master at topspin four. 
uh, back back in the day, and oh god, I need to get in there. Um, but it no, is. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear some things never change. <laughs> uh, but but it is uh, it is a, a weird a weird you know way to to watch watch these guys go at it. Um, but n- nonetheless, match play started this morning. Uh, they've got the groups, and then it'll go into bracket. Uh, we did come up with our odds. Alex, do you want to start since you are with group one? I, w- I will start. I will also mention very quickly two of the funniest withdrawals in the history uh, yeah. of professional tennis. Gael Monfils on uh, Saturday. Sadly, I will not be able to participate, or I think Sunday, in the virtual Mutual Madrid Open due to conflicting rights between streaming flat platforms. I wish all the best to all players, and I hope to be able to play next time. That's just incredible. Uh, I will also point out that Nadal today injured his back working out. And is thus and is pulling out of his uh, virtual match. <laughs> He's part of Group One, so I mean, even in video games, back injuries are going to nail you. You yeah. can't play through them. I, I can't imagine a scenario where your back is that bad that you can't play a video game. But that is—I think that speaks to Nadal's just. I'll give a hundred percent, no matter what he's doing. He's like, I'm injured. I can't play. Like this is going to comp. I'm not losing to Andy if I'm not playing my best. <laughs> like he's just like, we're not doing this. Um, so yeah, it, you know, again, we are. We wanted to have some fun with this. Uh, it is the only sem- semi live tennis going on throughout the week, and so we thought we'd make fake odds. Uh, we're going to give our odds, and as Max mentioned, two players advance per group. It's going to be which two players we think are going to advance, as well as uh, the player we think is going to win the groups we are discussing and let's alternate let's go men men women women um so let's start with group one first uh in my group Nadal has pulled out I'm not sure who's going to replace him but I know Gael Monfils has been replaced by Benoit Paire it's Denis Shapovalov and it's Andy Murray Andy Murray has a well-versed history with video games it's been recorded you know I think it ruined his relationship with Kim Sears early on she's like you gotta scale back dude you're not an attractive guy and if you're playing video games as well I can only justify being with you for so long uh and he was like okay okay I understand like Sir Andy Murray doesn't have the pull that it once did as a name but so he's a baller and so he's my favorite Minus 500 odds for Andy Murray to win this group and advance. I also have minus 250 odds for Denis Shapovalov based purely on youth. Now the Nadal injury throws him out. Uh, so Shapovalov, I should say not two, minus 250, Shapovalov even, excuse me, to advance out of the group. I have Benoit Pair, who just lives too interesting of a life to play video games at plus 1,000 to advance out of the group. The no Nadal throws me, so I'm only going to give you three guys in group one what are your initial thoughts I mean you're crazy for having Murray that favorited um I mean the guy's a FIFA champion yeah but FIFA doesn't translate to to tennis I'm just gonna put that out there there's a a drastic difference between sports games I've played them all I am horrible at Madden I'm great at FIFA I'm great yeah but there's there's something to just being intrinsically good at sports video games like it's a skill you either you like I feel like his his floor as a video game player is pretty high yeah granted I didn't know uh Andy Murray's you know history with video games so that that is uh interesting to know um I still might have to put my money on Chapo I the, the kid is That's what? a youth bias. That's I, a youth bias. But, you know, the youth bias holds, man. Think about it. Like, how much— No, counterpoint. He's been rapping. 
He doesn't have time for video games. Rapping. He's got music videos. He's got EPs oh to drop. Oh, my God. Based on the uh, responses he got on those videos from Indian Wells, I think that <laughs> rapping career might have uh, ended right there. Um, but <laughs> look, the, how old is Shabo? Is he 20? Uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, my heyday of Xbox playing was like 16, 17, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit. Actually, it was really like 13, to be honest, but... He's closer to that than Murray is, and I don't care how much Murray's been playing in the last. Well, maybe, maybe post retirement Murray, or not retirement, but you know, post injury, he got a lot of uh, video game playing. I don't know. I'm putting my money on Chapo. So you would take the Chapo even odds there? Yeah, I would. That's a mistake. I'm telling you, Andy Murray is a gamer, and all I right. mean, you have to also adjust for tennis terms, right? Because like, what else are they doing? They're sitting in the room all day. They're going to be playing games, but. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right, give me your first group. All right, so my first group is group three. Uh, this is Stefano Tsitsipas, Fabio Fognini, Kei Nishikori, and Francis Tiafo. Um, I realized when we talked about doing these odds, we had to advance and to win the group. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I do have different odds for those, but let's do uh, to advance through group three. Um, I've got... Mr. Tiafo, look, I, I know I'm, I'm clearly my biases go towards the younger guys. Um, he, I think that's inevitable in this exercise. I yeah. had it as well. Unless I had heard something specifically about them having a gaming habit, like I, I agree with you. Yeah, so I've got Tiafo at minus 200. Now, you know, thinking about it, Tsitsipas is a weird dude. And Here we go. I, I was going to say you better have accounted for Tsitsipas not being a gamer. Yeah, so Tsitsipas is a weird dude. Um but I still think that given, you know, how young he is and how weird he is, he might have actually spent some time gaming. Like, there, I, I think there's a chance he has. So, But he screams like he's playing, like, uh, Halo or he's playing Grand Theft true. Auto and he's the guy in the car just but, plowing down citizens on the sidewalk. <laughs> Grand Theft <Auto>. But <laughs> he is that kind of psychopath. But as as you said, you know there is something to the video game finesse, right? Understanding how the controllers, you know, and, and the movements work. So I think he's played more than K has. And and I don't know. I know. K is sneaky. So just... No, so here's... Here, sorry. Sorry, listen, it's your just, I'm done interrupting. I know. I'm done yeah, interrupting. Come on. <laughs> um, but K could be sneaky too. Fonini, my man, that guy probably hasn't played a video game in his life. Um, so... Here are the odds. I had Tiafo at minus two hundred, and then I had Citi, and I had Citi at plus one hundred, and I had Nishi at plus two hundred, and then Fonini at plus six hundred. So, for, can I, sorry, I, I'm I'm trying not to cut you off. I'm just so excited. Yeah. Um, what? So, what do you yeah. think? So I think you undersold Nishikori crazily, and here's why. And maybe you don't watch—I mean, I know you do watch Overserved, but maybe you missed this part of it. Kei Nishikori last week was twitching himself playing Mario Kart Double Dash. And now, you know, Double Dash—or not Double Dash, excuse me, uh, whatever the newest version is on the Wii. And, you know, Mario Kart isn't topspin. Mario Kart isn't— the tennis video it's not really a sporting <laughs> video game but it's still video games yeah if you're confident enough to twitch your results it means you ball it, no, so absolutely. that's the best yeah so that's the best value bet for me 
Tiafo's a good bet. I don't think Tsitsipas has ever picked up a video game. And I know for a fact, if you're Fabio Fonini and you're claiming to have sex every day on the road, you're not playing video <laughs> games either. Uh, well, look, so clearly... Give me Nishikori Tiafo. Look, clearly, you know, this is why I'm not a bookie because I don't do enough research on my player's video game habits to have known that he's twitching his uh, his Mario Kart results. So uh, these odds might have to be adjusted. Just uh, Yeah, that's why DraftKings doesn't let us set the odds. Exactly. Um, we, just, right. we just follow them. Yeah, all right. I'm going to go with my most interesting group on the women's side, the one I had, and then give me your most interesting. Then we'll go to uh, who we think is going to win. Uh, I think the dark horse to just win this event straight up comes in group one and I think it's Belinda Bencic <laughs> she's our age she's like 21 and you know she just in terms of youth compared to everyone in the two brackets I was given I think she laps the field I saw her first match today dominant performance uh her group is Bencic Pliskova Farrow and Suarez Navarro I mean in Farrow and Suarez Navarro you just have two players who just they don't strike me as gamers. They uh, it's past their generation to play topspin. Actually, I could see Carlos Suarez Navarro balling a little bit in, in her free time. Carolina Pliskova, who's in this group, I just no I don't see it. Uh, what if it turns out like she's actually like a four time video game <laughs> Grand Slam champion, and that's just track. That's why she can't get it done at the majors in tennis uh, when she's playing, and she just overthinks. She like goes to the drawing board. She mocks up matches. Well, against look, the if you aren't winning your Grand Slams in like these te- in these tennis games you're failing um, let me just say that right right here my my characters always won the grand slams yeah uh, so i'm just gonna say this belinda bencic minus i'm gonna say 800 she's my lock for this event she's gonna get to the finals look i would i would just love to see an all canadian um oh not an all canadian i, I want to see an all canadian semifinal between andreescu and bouchard going into that final i i don't think that's gonna happen um I think an Andreescu Bencic final very well could happen. I will very possible. I will, Great rematch from last year's U.S. Open ex- as well. Exactly. I was about to bring that up, and you know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot more older players on the women's groups than there are in the men's groups, and maybe I'm wrong as now that I'm I'm looking at it. But there, the gaps seem to be a little bit bigger. Like Wozniacki um and Kerber and like I, I don't know Bouchard it does feel to be a younger field on the men's side I don't think that's unfair yeah, to say no it is um but yeah I think uh I, I can't really argue looking at these round robin groups I mean just so you guys know who the the women are in these groups I mean my groups we're looking at Andreescu, Madison Keys, Mladenovic, Wozniacki, Burton's Kerber, Vekic and Bouchard I mean I don't know if any of them are going to be able to match up with Bencic to be honest I Maybe Andreescu, but uh, I would guess that as the final. So then give me your dark horse first on the women's side and then on the men's side. The player who you think could just unexpectedly be a baller. Because I have my dark horse pick. If I could gamble on anyone, and maybe it's by proxy, but I just have this feeling Madison Keys can ball. Like, I just have this feeling she just has this, like, she knows exactly when to push A on the button to get the max power on the serve, exactly when to push it to get the accuracy as well. She's going to play big off both wings. She's going to move forward. I just feel like her style of play translates to video games so well. Well, it's funny you say that too. I, I just, she's got that fire in her. Like, she hates I, losing. She She's the kind her. of girl that just would f- just get mad at losing a video game. So I'm, I'm in. I'm in on that pick. Yeah, Dark Horse pick is also Svitolina. I feel like she balls a little bit, too. 
Wow. I mean, you think she? <laughs> do you think she and uh, Monfils are playing together? Well, mate, I'm sure they were training before. And then Gael was like, oh, "I can't wrong video game service." She, she, she probably, probably had some good practice. Yeah, she was probably whooping that ass, and he was like, "I'm not good at this game. Yeah, like, I can't play he, it anymore." He got demoralized before it started and was like, "Crap, yeah. I'll make an excuse about my uh, my sponsors." <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, so then, your pick to win the women's side? Uh, it's gonna be Benchich. All right, dude. I, I don't want to agree with you on our first pod back, I but know. I just think DraftKings, there's the reason DraftKings is offering the best fake odds on them. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you get those fake minus 500 odds to win this, you take it. Um, all right, men's side. Give me your dark horse pick and then give me your pick to win. Okay, my dark horse is Luca Pui. Now, hear me out. He is a younger guy and he's, and he's a little quiet. And sometimes those quiet guys spend a lot of time on the on the Xbox or P or PS4. Um, we're we're not uh, we're not you know particular to one. Nope. Um, he could be sneaky good, and maybe we just don't know. Like they're obviously Kane Ishikori is going to have articles about him and his Twitch play, right? He's Kane Ishikori. Luca Pui, on the other hand, he could be silently twitching, and we don't even know. Um, mm. So he he could be a sneaky guy. Um, I think Zverev's going to be trash. I think Gofen's going to be trash. And Nishi, man, you're right. I, I I didn't know about that Twitch play. That's a uh, that's good. That's good information. He could be a sneaky winner, but <sighs> look, that's why DraftKings trusts us because we have that sort of inside information. Um, I might have to give it to. I, I would love to see a Nishi Murray final. Oh, that'd be yeah. fun. I'm in on that. I like that final. I feel like. Well, A, the person who I know for a fact is not winning is David Ferrer. Like, there's just no world where David Ferrer played a lot of video games. It's just like you don't have time to chain smoke cigarettes and play video games. That's just not how it works. The two are uh, not – they're oxymoronic. They're not compatible. Yeah. Um, I like Murray for obvious reasons. I feel like Sasha Zverev, yeah, he's really handsome. But, like, you're telling me there's not a world where he just goes back to his hotel room and plays, like, three hours of video games after a loss. Like, nothing gets you over a double fault more than, you know, logging some hours out of the video game circuit. He probably goes and just practices serving on on the Mutual Madrid. Yeah, it's like, it looks so good it's here. So like so easy what am I, here. Yeah. It's two A buttons. Like, this, I can do this. Um, I would have picked Schwartzman because I think he'd be sneaky good. I think Isner... Like he's got that sort of profile. He was in college. He went to Georgia. You play you play video games in the dorm rooms. That's just a way of life. So he's got that going for him. My dark horse is David Goffin because what does David Goffin oh do in God, life? Dude. I have no idea. That guy doesn't know how to play a video game. You don't even. Yeah, there's no way. Fair. All right, give me Murray over. I don't want to agree with you again. <laughs> I'll take a Murray Zverev final. And once again, Zverev comes a little bit short. Give me Andy over Zverev. Uh, he'll take this group, and I'll, I'd set that odds. I'd, again, I think Andy's a prohibitive favorite. Give me minus 600 odds for Andy to win this event. All right. I like it. Yeah. Those are our locks of the day. I have a couple of more odds for you real quick, and then we can rock and roll. Just okay. keep the fake odds rolling because I'm curious. Again, it's your first podcast back. I had some questions saved up for you in the queue, and it's my way of promoting our newest episode of Overserved. We poke a lot of fun 
at all of the content being produced by players right now. I have current quarantine content MVP odds for you. Who are you taking with these odds? Uh, now, her odds have decreased since I first wrote this question because she got off to such a heart, uh, hot start. She was really the Giannis of this quarantine content, and that's Christiane, who yeah. still right now is minus 350. She's the prohibitive favorite. Killing it. I have... I have, as the LeBron James of this, Roger Federer, you look at what he caused with his volleying against the wall trend, you look at what he set off by tweeting about about the merger talks, he's just got that extra, you know, he's got that spread, he's got that reach is the word I was looking for, so I have moved him up to even odds, Djokovic, because you never know what Djokovic is going to say, he's at plus 250, plus he's got the platform, Laura Robson, Sneaky plus 350, Heather Watson also plus 350, and then my dark horse right now who came up with the floor is too hot, he's using different surfaces to get across his apartment, Hubie Hercatch, who at plus 1,000 odds is the longest shot, but he's still got some content, I think, in the queue. Rup, and your thoughts on the quarantine content MVP odds. So first of all, I love Hubie's uh, video, I thought that was great. The thing about, it was hilarious. The thing about Christy, though, it's it's consistent, high quality. I know. It's consistent mm-hmm. and it's high quality. Um, Laura gets a lot of love, though. She does. Um, so that's tough. Um, but I'm going to go with consistency over over anything. So I, I got to give it to Christy, and, I, and I'm betting with her. Yeah, uh, she's the honest. I think that's the fair thing to say. <laughs> and there are people who can catch her uh, and there because there are a lot of good content producers out there right now. Some of these people, I mean, some Svitolina dancing videos. I'm sure I forgot to mention certain players, but that's my updated odds. And I think we're going to continue to update those odds as we go. But I agree right now, the best bet, probably Christian. You have any for me? Yeah, I, I have plenty for you. Um, yeah. I'm going to do... Th- I have one more for you. I, Let's do two each. Okay, so... Um, Here's my first one, and this is stipulated on the first tournament being either a Masters 1000 or a Grand Slam. A non-Big 3 player wins the first tournament back, and and I have that at plus 400. That a non-Big 3 player will win the first ATP tournament regardless of level? or that Well, no, that's, that's what I was saying. It's stipulated on the fact that the first tournament back is a Masters 1000 or a Grand Slam. I mean, I, this gets into not. I was going to say for a different time, but yeah, give me Djokovic to go undefeated in 2020. Okay. So I say a big three does win. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, because I just, they're going to be, they're amped. And although I guess this back injury for Nadal is pretty serious if he's pulling out of the Mutual Madrid virtual open. True. It's true. I don't know. I, I, uh, it, there was a longer conversation to be had about, you know, what Zverev said about, you know, the, the older guys benefiting from this by being able to rest and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I, I think... Good for you. Way to build the odds into a narrative. I like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's interesting. I had another set of odds to, to talk about, you know, is there going to be an increase in unforced errors um, after the, after this all comes back? You know, are, are guys going to be rusty from match play? So, um, I don't know. I actually, I might take... God, it's tough. I, I, it's a hard one to bet on the on the non big three. They're just they're so experienced. Um, so I might... Zero's been training though. Clearly, yeah, yeah, he's been talking about it. Uh, but yeah. go ahead, give me give me your give me one more. All right, last one for you. And again, it's another fun one. We've seen over the past couple of weeks, John McEnroe or John McEnroe, excuse me, Patrick McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. I think there's one other player who uh, created a new podcast because we all have time on our hands. And it's like, why not have a podcast? Uh, and whether they last or not, this is a whole different discussion. Am I salty? Do I get competitive? You know, I do. but I came up with 
uh, players. I, it's not even odds. Well, uh, there was an over-under 15.5 new podcast started by players during this time period, but it's the most likely players to start a pod and some titles I have for them. So <laughs> I'm going to just go through those real quickly. All right, Roger Federer, I have plus 250 to start one, minus 500 not to start one. The title would be Fed Up. Are you in or are you out? <laughs> Good title. Um now he, uh, I don't see him doing it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that he doesn't. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's kind of a private guy for the most part. I feel like so. Uh, I, I don't see him sharing his thoughts too much. He, he's, he doesn't want to get criticized for saying like he, he's too polite. He's too politically correct. Uh, and of course people want to listen to him, but I can't imagine him coming out with one. So I'm gonna, I like, I like the title. If he does come out with one, Fed, you got it. Like I mean, it's fed up. That's mm. that's an easy easy one. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the no. All right. What about uh, Nadal, King of Clay? I'd say no minus one thousand. Honestly, yes. Plus yeah, 1, he's no way. That, that yeah. dude. All right, Djokovic. What a joke. I'd say <laughs> minus two fifty. He does it. Plus five hundred. He doesn't. I mean, he is anti-vaxxer, so he could be pro Potter. <laughs> Sorry, that's I should, what I'm saying. He's he's got thoughts to share. Yeah, clearly. I, maybe I shouldn't go there. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll he could do it. Yep, I might give you the yes on that. Uh, I'll right, take Christian. Christian, oh, Christie's uh, a plus. I mean, it. minus ten thousand. She's doing it. And do you call it the on it? Just on it. How about A-H-N-I-T. how about be honest? Oh, that's a, that's a good one too. I like on it because it's a college tennis thing, and she played college I know. tennis. And like, it. It, she, yeah. All right. The re and V pod with Serena and Venus. Hmm. I'm honestly just really happy with my titles. Yeah, you are. You want to just keep sharing them? Just keep. Sh- well, last. Uh, that are, do you have? I was gonna say, do you have a last one for me? Last we'll one because it's too applicable to right now. First tournament back has no fans, and I'm and I'm gonna and and this is a tough one. It's really hard. No. It's really hard to it's put no. odds on it. I I put it at minus three hundred because I think there is a place. Or there is a possibility or an opportunity where tennis waits until they can have fans. So there there is a chance. However, if they come back at the first opportunity, um, that yeah, I, I that's why I had it at minus three hundred. We're gonna split this into six different pods because again, <laughs> you you hit another great topic. That I, you know, I know, I know. Originally, how, I I had these going into yeah. to narratives where we could discuss, but no, that it's perfect because yeah, that speaks to, again. Do, should we do another two hours like we did for the CR Classic? Um, no, I I know uh, that uh, you know how much of it of tennis making money of tournaments making money is concessions our gate receipts are just people being there and tv rights is a portion of it but it's not tv rights doesn't provide income for tennis the same way tv rights do for basketball and the nfl that's just not how it works so uh, that being said playing tennis is better than not playing tennis if it's minus 300 that they're going to play without fans give me that because they'll play even if they can't have fans they're going to play so i think that's the safer bet yep i hear you i hear you yeah all right well again with that being said that is our DraftKings segment of the day we are so excited to be partnering with DraftKings. and again go to dkng.co slash cracking rackets to go get involved with DraftKings. get your free deposit money get your risk-free first bet up to 500 dollars by including that we are so thrilled to bring them on the podcast but the thing i am more thrilled about maxi getting to do this with you on a more regular basis i'm back baby forward i was gonna say any final thoughts for our listeners before we wrap this bad boy up 
get used to listening to this voice again because I'm back. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you thought my solo <laughs> monologues were long, we're hitting an hour on all these mini oh, breaks God, yep. moving forward. And we're going to have some fun on Friday's mini break as well. So be on the lookout for that, as Maxi mentioned. Be on the lookout for all of our content, which you can find on our website, CrackedRackets.com. This podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, the Cracked Interviews Podcast, like, rate, subscribe, review. We've had so many great guests on as of late. Martha Lucero, uh, Tommy Robredo, Amy Frazier, Paula Anacone, Ben Rothenberg, John Wertheim. The list goes on and on and on. We have been trying to do our job here at Crack Rackets to ensure that you have some sort of output that you can go get, you know, 20 minutes to an hour's worth of distraction. Just get away from your everyday life. Come join us here in the tennis community where we are always happy to embrace you. And, of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, you can reach out to all of us at Crack Rackets. You can slide into my DMs at Great shot pod uh, you can slide into max's dms as well i know he's going to up his tennis twitter presence as well shout out to our friends at diadem sports one last time go use the co- promo code uh, cr50 go to diademsports.com you will have all of your needs met for all of your tennis equipment requirements and last but not least shout out to our super producers max Fligner and daniel westoff for the f- of an editing job they have day in day out None of this happens without the work they do behind the scenes, so shout out to those guys. But for my <coughs> wonderful co-host, Max, and doubles partner, partner in crime, Maxwell Labauer-Rothman, for our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at Diadem Sports, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Kruskin. Maxi, what do we tell the people? That's a break. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.